This is This Week in the West Kootenays. I am Tim, and I'm bringing you a great episode this time around, just like the other ones. If you haven't listened to the other ones, aside from me, they're really, really good. Even even if you're a, a connoisseur of fine people and in interviews, you're going to love it. That's how much. It's awesome. In this episode of This Week in the West Kootenays, uh, bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> it turns out, not weekly. It sounds like it should be, but it's not really so far. John Boivin is joining me, and what we're going to do is walk um, Lemon Creek. Have you heard of it? So John, I, told, I spoke to him on the phone the other day, and he said, oh, I got an idea. I'll take you somewhere called The Narrows, and I'll show you pit houses. And you know what I did? With that information, I nothing. I didn't Google it. I didn't do anything. I just wanted to be shown it, I guess, to see what it was. I'll let John explain, because he does, in the interview, which is coming up. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the West Kootenays in the next few months, like shows, uh, concerts, and things. If you have something, wkandthewk at gmail.com, and I will talk about it, guaranteed, no matter what it is. If it's a complaint wk and the wk at gmail.com complaints come up at the end of the podcast and before that we're going to have the uh minister of happiness from the year 2035 i am hooked up to the future via my landline through telus i don't know what happened but one of the spam calls is this guy from the future the minister of happiness dr slick and uh, the future doesn't sound like it's going to be too much fun, but it sounds like uh, some things will be fun. So just before we get to some of the uh, happenings coming up, uh, here's a word from our sponsor. What do you got up your skirt, you pussy? Stick your knees up your own hole, you asshole. Eat those raisins. Jim James. Does anyone talk to you like that? Call you pussy? Make you feel less of a man than you are? Anyone ever talk to you like that? Well, you used to talk to me like that, shove my head in the toilet, take my lunch money, never say, hey, your mom's the easiest woman in town to lay, and come down to the gym of James. Gym I was once like you. You know what I mean? Never talk to me like that anymore. No one talks to me like that. It's the gym of James. Gym of Here's James. a testimonial from my mom. Yeah, we always called him Pussy Jim. Because he was such a pussy. He was so passive-aggressive, this fucking pussy. And always my son, I shouldn't say that, but holy shit. He would stare at you a whole meal, throw a cereal on the floor. (coughs) (coughs) Apologies. I'm the easiest lay in town. As you can tell, probably. I'll let any guy just go, just go to town anyways. So yeah, we called him Pussy Jim. And we're shocked that he called it the Jim of James. Gym Good for him for getting James. in shape, but holy. Mom don't talk to me like that. The Jim of James? Yeah, like Jesse James. You're serious? That's what it, that's Stop why. Stop talking to me like that, Mom. Why did you call it Pussy Jim? Fuck. Oh my goodness. You would Come on down to the Jim of James. Gym of James. <laughs> pussy Jim. Stop being a pussy like, like, like that. Don't ever talk to me like that ever again. Jim of James. 
So what's going on in the West Kootenays in the next little while? God is a Scottish drag queen. It's a Christmas special playing at the Capitol Theater in Nelson, December 16th. December 16th. At the Capitol Theater. That'll be fun, wouldn't it? God is a Scottish drag queen. Ski tour. Friday, Bloom Nightclub in Nelson. November 19th. November 20th, sold out show at the Flying Steam Shovel in Rossland. The Zolas, that's who's playing there. In Nelson as well, we got uh, Finley's Bar and Grill, Metallica Tribute, Master of Puppets. That'll be pretty nice. It says April 30th, but Google that because they're doing a few days there. I think it's April 30th to May 1st. Finley's Bar and Grill. You know what they're doing down at Justetics in uh, Castlegar? This isn't music, but they now have not only hair and nails and massages or I don't know if they do massages I shouldn't say that but tattoos they have a new tattoo artist and the owner Jessica is also tattooing wouldn't you know it Justhetics in Castlegar listen to this one burger and a beer 1175 Mondays at Cartwright's pub 1175 is this 2003 perchance that sounds mighty fine that's in Castlegar Cartwright's pub you know what else they have going on wing nights you could probably guess the price on that. One cent? I have no idea. Don't quote me. It could be 25 cents. could be a buck a wing. But wing night's usually a pretty good deal. And judging by the last deal, Cartwright's Pub, eh? Jeez. Castlegar. Uh, this is from the headlines. Uh, Trail Times. They, they do some good coverage of, of local music. Trail Times. Nelson's Born on a Wednesday returned with a new album from the Headwaters. It's their folk group's second album in less than a year. Guess what else? The Hilties, winner of awards, Kootenai Music Awards. They're still looking for a drummer. Are you a drummer? Listen to this motherfucking beat here. Shouldn't swear, kids. Mommy, can I get a drum set? Oh, certainly not. The racket. Mommy, why don't you hug me anymore? Is it because Daddy left? Mommy, why don't you hug me anymore? Is it because I broke your car? Mommy, why don't you hug me anymore? Because you have too many jobs? Mommy, why don't you hug me anymore? Is it because the neighbor guy doesn't want to come over? Mommy, why don't you hug me anymore? Is it because I'm 42 and poor? That's my addition. I'd love to be a drummer in a band. That's what, that's what I can do. The Addits. Have you heard of them? They're going to come on the... i got to stop saying, have you heard of them? That's not very nice. I need to take a sip. Well, I sip. Here's another word from our sponsor. James. Well, I got some bad news. Mom passed away. Jim and James. Last thing I said to her was, don't talk to me like that. Well, guess what? Now she can't. That's sad. I'm really sad about it. What are you going to do? Spend my time at the gym. Jim and James. You know how she died? Yelling too much. That's right. Get in the gym instead. Don't let people talk to you like that. It'll kill them. 
Don't talk to people like that either. Go to Jim and James. Jim Get your workouts in. Feel good about yourself for once. Don't talk to yourself like that. Jim James. So yeah, the edits. They're going to be joining me on this podcast not too long from now. They're going to have a new music video and new music, so that'll be nice to talk about. Uh, Ruiners. Ruiner. Have you heard of Ruiner? Uh, Slow Can Valley Punk Band. So they're splitting an EP with a Kelowna band called High Horse. That is going to be pretty neat. I wear the same underwear every other day. Fuck, man. I scared my dog with that. He's running around looking around for that noise. He knows talent when he hears it. He's also uh, getting into puberty here. So if you're looking, he's a boy. He's not neutered. If you have a dog that really needs a good pounding, this guy, he'll probably do it. He'll probably do it for free. I have to ask him though. Very special dog. You know, express yourself or wreck yourself. That's what we kind of talk about with John Boivin. Not only is he an artist, he's also a reporter. So if you've read, let's say, a newspaper, a digital newspaper, or even a regular newspaper, you've read something that John's done. And he's taken me to a spot called the Narrows. I'll tell you how to get there. You drive towards Slocan, so past Slocan Park. You're driving on Slocan on the highway. And you get to a little sign called uh, Lemon Creek, 600 meters. Don't turn right where that sign is. Go 600 more meters and take a left. Go down that road a little ways. And you, on the right-hand side, there'll be another tiny sign with, that says the Narrows. And that's the only sign, I'm pretty sure. And you drive into there. You park right at the entrance, uh, another entrance of the rail trail and walk for a bit. So that's where we'll pick up. It's like, a, I'll, I'll describe the day. It's a bit um, overcast, but not cold. Yeah, the weather feels kind of like a distant aunt's hug at a family reunion. You know, warm enough, but keep your distance. Because if you get too close, she'll paddle you with her hands right across your face and ass. And now, reporter extraordinaire, as talented as an albino grizzly. He's lived in the Yukon, he's lived in Winnipeg, he's lived in Ontario, and now he resides in the West Kootenays. It's John Boivin. So here we are at what's called the Slocan Narrows. Up, um, upstream from here to the north of us is Slocan City. The Slocan Lake drains into a sort of a channel, the Slocan River goes for about a kilometer or so, then it spreads out into this marshland. I think Walter Clo or William, we'll, we can see the sign up there, but it's, it, it's a designated wildlife protected area. And it's just filled with fish and bird life and wildlife. We were paddling in our kayaks here once. And I'm paddling along, I look down and a school of fish is going underneath us. It's just phenomenal. The colors in the fall here are just gorgeous. The water's not very deep, you know, maybe spots 10 feet, 15 feet, maybe a couple of feet in other places. Lot You can see lots of reeds. There's sort of marshy islands everywhere. Oh, yeah. 
Let's take a look a little, a little bit more up here. You can get a better view. I've been reading a lot of Disney to my kids. Don't like to read it, but I read it. And this is what that would be, hey? It's like the field in Bambi, where they come and meet at the meadow. This is like, it's so serene. So you can see how narrow it gets so here? Good. Yeah. It just gets, gets thinner and thinner as it sort of channels in. Yeah, looks like someone's walked here before. This place is like, like a kind of a summary of the West Kootenays, eh? A little bit rough to get in. Yeah, not and easy. And then you're to, like, where am I? Not easy to find. Oh my God, it's beautiful. I can't believe I haven't found this for four years. <laughs> and then I'll be back next week. Yeah. It's sort of the cycle of Kootenay living. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Mushrooms. Look at, the, look at the, the, leaf, the larches reflecting off the still water there. Beautiful orange and green pastel colors. Just gorgeous. Look wow. at this tree fell over. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. The roots on that tree. The swans are so bright. <laughs> I can't believe that. This little pale white If you're a painter, hey? I actually did a painting of this area. Not happy with how it turned out, but I'm going to try again soon, actually. I'll show you a few after. If you yeah, want. look at that. Ducks down there. Probably beavers here. I don't know. Ducks. That. And there's these little otter guys. We have them by our house, too. They're little, like, river otters or river... River vermin. <laughs> not vermin. Like, so, so they're like, tiny? They're, they're little like rats. Sort of like rats, but they're not river rats. Yeah. They're, they, they're more like little... They're sort of a rare species. They live along here oh, as wow. well. Look at that. Let's keep going. Wow. What does this say? This is somebody stole the W.E. Graham Community School sign <laughs> and left it here. Huh. We could take it home. This could be yours for a low, low price of carrying it. Yeah, getting rid of it. We yeah. discovered a high school prank or grade school <laughs> prank. They'll never find it down there. <laughs> oh, good. Someone got rid of that crappy <laughs> so Everybody's happy with the way she does. So we're off the trail quite a bit now, but we're able to follow along a path along the river itself. And now here's it. It's opening up here. Here's a great shot. Oh, there's the arrows up there. You see? Oh, look at that. Maybe we might be in a little too early. I actually painted my picture from oh. this spot right here. This little, this little point here. You have a great view. Actually, I'm going to come back. Look at how pretty this is. The colors, the still water. It's often really still here, I find. I've never been here with like roaring waves pounding the shore. It's still. always this glassy. So that's the lake down there? That's the wetland up there oh, where oh. it opens up and then it goes into the lake from there. Yeah. These are actual, these are the narrows as it comes down. But the real, well, let's keep, we'll keep heading up yeah. that way. We should maybe try to find our way back to the main trail and yeah. gain a few, but there's no rush. It's, this is pretty too. See how low the water is though? Is it usually higher? Oh yeah, it should be a couple Yeah, of I guess you're walking in the soggy. Yeah. This is like wildlife paradise. Can you imagine? Like, like fabulous fishing, fabulous you know bird watching experiences. We display it. We let it. Anybody know about it? No, no, no signs. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting too. It's a because once you once I'm here, I'm like I wouldn't put up a sign. I wouldn't fight for it. Yeah, I'd bring people, but I wouldn't say, hey, let's make it more accessible. 
Would you? That's the weird sort of Kootenai thing, right? Yeah, that is. We love it. We love oh, here. I got it. I got it. Yeah. We love it, we want to keep it the way it is, but even our presence, you know, we figure we should be the last ones to find out about it, right? Yeah. Well, I'm the last guy to find out. <laughs> Gotta keep this just as it is. <clears throat> we got the history of not doing that here as Europeans and colonizers. No. Like, hey guys, get over here. It's you 10 can, bucks now. You can see here <laughs> these um, posts coming out of the water, the piers. Pier posts. They uh, used oh, to use there. those for controlling and yeah, set up that way for controlling the uh, water or sorry, controlling the lumber as they cut wood, float it down the river. They would sort of capture them in these holding areas, and sawmills could pick them up and do their business. It was the big business of the first half of the last century. This is where they'd be picking them up from then the logs yeah. storing them taking them down that's crazy man okay so that's yeah that's one that's one little dive into the riverside but what we're really looking for is up here yeah i don't know what we're looking for this is exciting for me all i know is the word pit is involved <clears throat> is involved <laughs> and i didn't even look it up good no research that's my motto. Just like that. <laughs> well, and, and it's that sort of the trap, that sort of the, uh, what do they call those in the circuses, the safety net, right? Yeah. I had to read a Wikipedia entry at least, <laughs> just to make sure I didn't sound like a complete fool. At least half of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's like being a reporter nowadays everywhere, you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants you don't have time to chase down long stories yeah you know the uh, authorities the people who release press releases have far more control now than ever before in getting their messages across the media landscapes fractured their power is broken up they're dead men but they haven't realized it yet our journalism unfortunately yeah. but it's put a and like you said the it's, it was tough being a reporter when the fun is out of it. Yeah. And the fun is talking to people. That's right. I used to get up out of my desk when I started. I just say, I'm going for a walk. And I just go and talk to 10 businessmen or 10 people, you know, walking, I run into on the street and just know what's going on so you can tell people what's going on. Yeah. If you're stuck in a room all day and you have to do three posts to the website every day or four posts to the website every day or every hour and a half sometimes how do you you know build up that steam of knowledge or, or enjoy yourself at oh, all yeah what's that it's oh i thought that was bird. a river out there it's a little bird that's a tiny one that's a weird bird yeah like uh deadlines uh, yeah, for me, like that's why I I couldn't handle it anymore. There actually, I heard this sentence: "Just do it." It was kind of it was just what do we do? You're told, yeah. but uh, don't say anything and just do as you're told. It was basically the I know, but it was basically say what you're told to say. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and funny is, it's not coming out of a like as much as we'd like to think power and conspiracy theories. 
that message is coming to us from the middle managers, not out of a sense of yeah. power, nope. as much as a sense of absolute fear. Mm-hmm. And they're worried their their salaries are going to dry up. People are scared in this industry from the top down. Okay. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. You know, when you're out of media, like I was for a long time, then I went back into it. I, you know, you start thinking when you're out of media, oh, they're all in on it. Then you work in media, and you're not all in on it no. at all. You're like, you got to hit a deadline. Ah, shit, got to keep my job today. You know, <laughs> it, it, if the numbers are down fit? at the end of the month, if your numbers are down, they want to know why do you didn't get fifty thousand eyeballs looking at your stories. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And you don't know. You're just told like, hey, don't say anything about this today, and that just keeps going and going and going. Don't say anything about this. Okay, we're we're working on something, and you just never hear back. That's that's the about it. Yeah. That's the beauty of working for the Valley Voice. I went from six deadlines a day to a deadline every two weeks. <laughs> All of a sudden, nice. your view exp- it's what the way things you it's more like the way things used to be when I started this in this business back in the 80s. All of a sudden I could make phone calls. I could, you know, tro- you know send out troll stories, like different questions just to see what I could bring in, you know, like fishing for ideas. And you'd have days to develop it, sometimes longer. And because it's hyper hyper local coverage, there's a lot less worry that you're going to get scooped by somebody else. Lots of stories for sure. I mean, a big story, a strong story is a big one indeed. And that can be frustrating, but there's lots of stuff that's being missed. You have time to explain. You have time to give context. And that's how you create a... Healthy electorate, right? Yeah, and then like, if, like for me. Oh, here, let's check. Oh, yeah, look at this. For me but, to contact you, I just read a story, and I'm like, that was an interesting story, and you remembered it because you wrote it. But a lot of people who will write things, I'll, I'll contact them, and they'll ask, "What story was that?" Because it was basically a co- copy paste job. Yeah. Because that's what you'd have to you had to hit, hit a deadline. Yeah, and you have and you're no. Like, oh, I heard something about that. That's it. You wrote it though, but you didn't. That's right. You didn't at all. You so, had to, do something. Whoa, what's this? This is a structure that's older than the pyramids. Or nearabouts is good. There's it's called a pit house. And it was what the Sinaist lived in for thousands of years before Europeans came to this area. This the this may be the big one. There's, this is one of the biggest pit houses. There is the, one of the biggest pit houses in the country is in this area. There's about, I think, 20, or no, I don't want to un- undo it, but there are 20 or 40 of these kind of depressions in the ground. What we're looking at is basically a big hole in the ground. Yeah. It's about 25 feet across. It's about 15 feet deep. There are what looks like 80-year-old trees, about 10 of them growing in the middle of it. It looks unusual for a forest floor, and Very it, looks, unusual. It, do, it doesn't look natural, and it isn't. So basically, no, what, yeah, exactly. It, it certainly doesn't look natural. Yeah. So, so the narrows here is one of the is an ancient village of about twenty or forty of these pit houses. That some of the archaeological datings go back to about three thousand years ago, four thousand years ago. Uh, it looks like there was punctuated habitation here. Like maybe they lived here 3000 years ago, skipped a 200 years, lived again for a while, maybe skipped a thousand, but whatever. But the last residents of pit houses here were about 200 years ago, just at first contact. 
So first contact came, pit houses disappeared. Coincidence? I don't think so, but uh, I'm not an archaeologist by, by any means. You've got, um, so if you imagine what this would have been like in its heyday, the um, pit that we're looking at would have been covered over by a dome of timbers and and roofing um, material of, of one sort or another. There would be a central fireplace down where that one log is, and smoke would come out of a hole in the chimney in the middle, a hole in the dome in the middle. In the middle as well, there'd be a ladder with notches in it that you could step down into the pit house. Apparently, they were quite comfortable and quite warm. And there's That's a, amazing. like I say, uh, and the, um, and interestingly, when they were done with one of these, when they abandoned them, apparently they would burn them. So what the archaeologists can do is take samples of the burned charcoal of the old wood that was in, that, that made up the, the pit house, and they can date that, and that's how they know how old these are. Isn't that something? So this old tree here, how old is that tree? Ah, uh, good question. I, you know, I, I have no idea. That I lived a in lot the, older than those 80-year-old looking trees. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that would be a couple yeah. hundred years yeah. old. That, that's about the width so, of a... What? It's about a meter wide, a little bit under a meter wide. So this really old tree wasn't here when they were... No. This isn't was a, that crazy? It's so hard to say what was yeah. here and what wasn't after all the damage we've done with the rail trail. I mean, that's the sad part of this rail trail. You had 3,000-year-old pit houses here, evidence of a civilization, a community lived here when they were building the pyramids. There was a community yeah. living here. And then we came in with this rail trail and just sort of like, get the bulldozer, get the dump truck. We're making a track here, right? So there's the, who knows what damage was done here. But to think about the greater, the nicer, the better times, the reason there was like 40 or so houses, pit houses living here, you can see in front of you. You've got... Oh, it's unreal. It's nature's refrigerator you, right in front yeah. of you. You've got all the fish you could want you got lemon creek pouring into the in, into the this creek and wherever two creeks meet there's always really great um there's always really great fishing and stuff there as well too so you've got birds you've got fish you've got wildlife coming up and down the, the trail corridors look coming down for water for hunting themselves yeah you've got yeah you can listen to the <laughs> friggin' swans flopping their wings it's just, uh, you can, let's take a walk a oh, little bit more. We'll get a little dude. bit more of a sense of it, but it's tranquil. But also like it, it's really, I'm a bit bothered. Don't you feel like, I feel like, uh, like we're walking in someone else's area. Yeah. Right. It gives you a, what, the first time I came here, we, we, we literally stumbled across this. We said, we haven't been up to this part of the Slocan Trail. Let's go explore our neighborhood and we'll go see it. You walk out here and all of a sudden you find out that you're a part of a 3,000-year-old history. You know, like, yeah. not a great part of it, but it's, uh... This would have been, uh, uh, like a dream village. If you were... Like, if you're living up near Fort St. John, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you're living out there 3,000 years ago, or here. Look at the Whoa. swan and the babies. I was going to bring They're big. Friend. Holy. What? I was going to bring my camera. You have a good camera? Like, uh, well, just a work one. Look, Look at, at that. that. Four babies and, and a mom and dad. Like, that's a... It looks like a... 
It looks like a painting. <laughs> oh, I did it again. I'm so excited. I'm so excited I'm falling down. I'm trying to capture that. Yeah. It just, like, the picture doesn't make... They're so big, these swans. Swans. Oh, There's two going in the opposite. There's ducks going in the opposite direction, the other lane. <laughs> Not afraid one bit. Four babies. That's very successful parenting. <laughs> All in the line. Yeah. Quiet. Look at that. So there was probably settlement or people living on the other side of the Narrows as well, too. I read in uh, some list posting online or website that you could see both ways. You could see if companies coming one way or the other yeah. for good or for ill. So it was a great defensive position, I suppose, or at least a good, and like I say, nature's breadbasket right. right at your door. There is studying going on with this area. There's a... Uh, a team from a university in New York. They have a couple of students from Selkirk College who take part as well too. But they do um, a dig. And we were saw one here a while ago. About two years ago they come up and they do a dig for the summer. Yeah. And they dig down. We saw they'd cleared out a whole pit. They cleaned it up. And they were digging down into it trying to find evidence. You know, just clues about what is here and who is here. Because this, to me, does this look like it would be an individual, yeah. a single family sleeping dome or something? <sighs> Who knows, eh? I think, or it was, uh, this might be the actual circumference going all oh, the way right. around. Yep. And this is like some idiot with a bulldozer pushed in a, a bunch of crap from the, uh, from the yeah, rail trail construction. Flat. They yeah. didn't care. They no. just pushed it through. So, very... <laughs> Like, we destroyed 3,000. 3,000? It's like going over to the pyramids and taking, you know. Oh, yeah. Oops, shouldn't have done that. We're doing that t this day. We're burning VHS tapes, for example. I don't know if that's a <laughs> good example. but No one wants to hang on to that. No. Except me. The, uh, you keep those going on. You're like, oh, I should have saved that. Uh, the Czar's Revenge on Atari. <laughs> whatever Czar's ever it's called. But, you know, it's funny... You won't find this place on TripAdvisor. No. And I mean that literally, because yeah. I looked on TripAdvisor today and it's not listed. I uh, I said, well, again, it's like, what makes this place so special? Those hidden spots. Well, this is one of my examples of one of the prime hidden spots of, oh. uh, of the area. You, I checked online a tourism, a tourism website for Slocan City makes no mention of this area TripAdvisor, a couple of other those generic trip travel web pages make no mention of this area you have to sort of dig down about five or ten google posts to actually find a place that actually mentions this area the slocan narrows um oh, it's but you come here yeah it, i find it just the beauty the peacefulness the sense of history the sense of belonging yeah, you'd hate, and again, you were we were talking earlier about not you know this is my place. I want to keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if we're actually breaking some great taboo by talking <laughs> about this place because I find it's just so stunningly beautiful and meaningful a place in the Kootenays, and we don't and very few people know that it's here. And if they do know it's here, 
there's not much fuss made about it. Like you no. think if there was a three thousand year old, uh, you know, village elsewhere in, in the country, certainly in Europe or something, you'd have they'd be selling tickets to the place, and, yeah. and and you'd have a reconstruction of what one looked like and all those things, right? It might give us a greater and deeper understanding. Yeah, crossing it doesn't have to be done crossing commercially. Maybe if people yeah. saw that there were pit houses here, a working pit house you could go down in or you could see what it was like to live in. People might appreciate a little bit more what the Sinister talking about when they say this is our land, this is our this is who we are. Next to the water, on the land, the water supports us and feeds us. It's all here. This is it's not living anymore, but this is an example of what that was like for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, we're looking at it almost untouched, it feels like, unless you look behind you at this flat if you don't, Yeah, if you don't look too hard, I mean, we, within 100 years, what, from 1880 maybe to 1930 or 1940, we gouged this river out from top to bottom, cleaned it out. We put in the dams that destroyed the salmon that used to flood. I have a neighbor who grew up here in the in the valley, and he talks about being able to walk, you know, the old walk across the streams because of the fish that were here. Yeah, and you know, it's all gone, and you know we untouched. Yeah, as the complete opposite of what I said. It, <laughs> you know? But you know, it's it also shows you the resiliency. Like, yeah. yeah, we just we this was a this is an industrial sewer is what not a like not a septic sewer, but an, an industrial waste sewer for decades, and it's come back, and it it's you know we don't see it, we don't even notice, we don't even realize what we did to it eighty years ago. No, you know we we love to float down the peaceful stream and enjoy the the channels and all that sort of stuff, and it's all man made. There's probably not a rock that's been unchanged on the main river. You know this might be more untouched. I don't think there's probably much humans could have done to this before uh, before the 1940s or 50s. No, but you can just sit here. And oh, because it's it's um it's a mis- it's mysterious. It is. The way it runs around, you don't know what's over there. We don't know what's over there. You could paddle around here and find nooks and crannies for a long time. You could. You could just... <clears throat> and believe it or not, there are houses maybe 100 yards oh, no in way. on that huh. side. Yeah. Just here, and not many, but yeah. there are a couple. I know there's a... Somewhere on this side we saw... Um, you can see a garage, sort of a barn oh, structure of that. There is there's a road that goes up on that side, and there are people who live there, but not a lot. There's larger land holdings there, I think. Yeah, this is strange when you think about, like, we just walked past those houses, and, you know, they do those digs. And I had an urge just, like, I can just dig here. <laughs> but it would be like if someone went to Angkor Wat in Cambodia and before anyone trouble. found it, and you're like, oh, sweet, look at this. I'm going to start digging for stuff. And that's maybe right? why we want to keep it hidden to yeah maybe but does that really protect things you know i mean i think the uh, i don't know you're not going to find a lot of metal stuff you're not going to find gold you're not going to find a lot of things that you know the the uh the uh, night sharks like to uh night dirt sharks <laughs> the detectorists like to uh to hunt for so there wouldn't be it would be hard slog and work for they uh, have shapes fun. of of stone yeah basically, eh? arrowheads or and whatever stuff yeah but hopefully would people last. would, yeah, people should not get the idea they can come here with no, a not at all. shovel, you know. I mean, why would you want to? And what would you, yeah, what are you going to gain yeah, from it? This is, you know, this is just, a... Just imagine. This like, is a people's history. This is a people's 
place, you know, thousands of people, thousands, you know, dozens of generations of people, thousands of people lived here. They saw these same trees, they saw the same water, same ancestors of these swans probably lived here when Caesar walked the earth. Yeah. And there were people living on this spot, you know, and people, you know, we live as, you know, we're newcomers to this country and we've defiled it in a million ways. But you can come here and maybe reclaim a little bit of your humanity yeah. and, and your little bit of your connection to this valley just by this spot. Coming here really changed my view of this valley. It gave me a completely different sense of what we've got here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man, that's unreal. Yeah. Let's see if we can find another. I know there's another couple. Oh, hey, this is a. Um, this is just. Come on, take a look. Man, here. it's give me. It's giving me some sort of creep. Not a creepy vibe. I don't know how to describe it, but like, it's the almost I'm, like I'm not walking by myself here. It's right? the immense weight of history. Wait, it's heavy. I don't feel like sprinting around yeah. or throwing rocks. No. I throw rocks in every freaking body of water I go to. I haven't felt like throwing a rock yet. Here's the. At least they've got oh, this. Uh, There's a little that. bit of interest. A little bit of information. Here's the hut that you can see what it looked like. So there's a little bit of information here on this kiosk. Kentkak. Village life evolved over millennia. I don't dare try to say that. I'm sure my pronunciation would butcher it. Oh, yeah. So I just say... It's way cooler than we think it sounds. Yeah. Look, at here's an old, old shot of... But I don't... This is one of the largest village sites. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was wrong. There's 90 house pits here. 90 house pits. And I'm sure if you did one of those modern day... And you can just walk around here. <laughs> you can, yeah, just walk, yeah, you just just go, walk go around walk into here. somebody's house from 2500 BC. Yeah, the fish running in this picture here. Oh, yeah, look at that, eh? Yeah, smoke coming out of these huge, they're huge. You know, they look, yeah. Just look like mounds. Yeah. We'll all be living in those in the near future. Digging into the earth, <laughs> trying to stay away from the heat. Yeah, well, you know, that I was talking to... Uh, a scientist said, you know, like it, like temperatures that we saw this summer are going to be common in another 20 years. Yeah. You know, what happens when those glaciers disappear that feed this, keep cool water flowing into this, this river? I asked a prominent uh, glaciologist what's going to happen to the water systems here if there's no glaciers. Because that's what a, one of the stories I did a few weeks ago, about a, couple, about a month or two ago, was about how... The glacier loss this year was phenomenal because mm -hmm. of the heat wave. We lost like a meter and a half off Kokanee Glacier, a half a meter off New Denver's glacier here. He says he would expect that the New Denver Glacier is gone by 2030s. It wouldn't surprise him if it was gone by 2030. It's horrifying stuff. So I asked him, what happens? Like, do we see the dried up lake here or dried up river? He said there's enough winter or there's enough rainfall snowfall to keep the water flowing but you lose that bank of snow mm. right? when it's you know when when it gets hot and melty cold water flows into the lake keeps Slocan Lake cool keeps the algae down keeps the river cool for fish and wildlife like you lose the w cold water you lose the fish you lose the fish you lose the birds you lose the birds you lose the mammals it feels like it's bound to happen you know it another is. rebirth of earth with one survivor <laughs> you know it's well you know it's yeah, something to think about yeah you know you, you, it can be so easy to despair and maybe we have to just get out into places like this and shut up and listen instead of be talking you know talking about it but and just connect with what we've got 
and it, <laughs> you know, how precious is this, you know? Yeah, hey? calm swans. <laughs> where's the stress? Yeah. <laughs> where's the yeah? Where's the human pissiness that you know that you that we live with on a daily that that yeah. low level hum of human interaction yeah. that just delights us and terrifies us and angers us and all those things, right? It's all gone here. It's just the swans and the ghosts of our past. Listen, I want to thank John once again for coming on. What a special treat to be shown something that's hidden. I would not probably not have found it. Probably would have gone sledding down there. But check John out. John Boyvan, B-O-I-V-I-N, J-O-H-N. Man, if I do things backwards, I'm sorry, I apologize. That's how you spell his name. Look him up, Google him. Great artist. Amazing writer. You could hear him writing while he's looking at you. It's amazing. Thanks again, John. So I got this call from the Minister of Happiness in the future, year 2035, and, uh, you know, start prepping, guys. Seriously. This guy... These messages I'm getting, if they're real, I don't know if someone's playing a hoax on me, but it sounds like things have happened. So here it is. And now your Minister of Happiness, Dr. Slick. March 2035. Hey guys, it's your Minister of Happiness, Dr. Slick. This message to the inhabitants of the former Kootenai region of British Columbia is concerning the suicide wait list. We are concerned that a lot of people are putting themselves on the suicide wait list as a grasp for sympathy and affection from others. Please, there are people dying to commit suicide with our only gun, or people who aren't ready to follow through. If you really wanted to commit suicide, you could just stand outside during the middle of the day. Stop crying for help. For that, we have the Cry for Help hotline, where you can order as many drugs as you think you need. Try them all. Try them all at once if you want. Talking to you from a bunker somewhere in British Columbia. Stay safe out there. And remember, don't have any kids, guys. So listen, I want to play music on here, and I know we're in the upcoming weeks. I got um, Run Sasquatch Run from Castlegar is joining, and then we got I got the Addits. They're going to be joining. Uh, we're going to talk with Ray down at the shelter in Castlegar. Lots of this stuff, but I want to play music all the time. And if you have anything going on, an art show, uh, a a band practice where you're looking for a gifted, albeit raw, drummer, 42 years old, drives a 2003 Chevy Silverado, beautiful hail damage on the sides. You know, if you're looking for that, send an email, wkandthewk at gmail.com. Complaints. Complaints. There's only two complaints in there today. One's from Catherine. Catherine's writing about buses and farts. Catherine writes, I ride the bus from Nelson to Castlegar and back twice a week. Sometimes three if I have an appointment. And there's the same man every time 
at the 9 a.m. bus who farts in the back, and I can't stand it. Is there anything I can say? Is there anything I can do? Can someone please help? I can't stand it. Well, Catherine, you're riding the bus with my dad, it sounds like. The only thing you can do to him is offer him food that... is offer him water because sometimes flatulence is caused by dehydration. The next complaint is coming in from Daryl again. Daryl is the same Daryl that keeps complaining every week. And I love you, Daryl, with all my heart and soul. Daryl writes in, When I drive east, I find that I use less gas than when I drive west. I also find that I use more gas going uphill than I do downhill. My complaint is, why don't we have electric vehicles available for everyone for free? Well, Daryl, thanks for the complaint. Until next time, guys, WK and the WK at gmail.com.